Yo, good crazy. luck. Good luck. <laughs> I don't need no, no luck. I'm over here hanging out Young with, man. with, first of all, this dude, so, I need to tackle. This dude was a nudist colleague. This brother right here, who he likes to play with. What up, big brother? Who um when then left us and went and become a superstar out there in Pittsburgh, man. What's up? Hey, what's up? You fella? ain't taking good. You what's up? You ain't taking money your wings. No, I, you know, no my God, man. I tell you what, it's the craziest story with this cat. First of all, he's a good dude from the beginning. But we were in um he was here playing with me. His wife's a pharmacist. She was then. Yep. Was then down in New Orleans. He says, Michael. My wife is behind the counter or something. Someone comes in trying to fill a prescription in my name. Yeah. I'm like, of all pharmacies to go to, they yeah. picked the wrong one to go in and try to act like See, me. like, you ain't Michael Strahan. Uh, wow. No, he ain't got no gap. Hold up. Limitless. Take a stomach cow pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. Only vision I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a stomach cow pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Hey, man, well, for us, first of all, it's, a, it's an honor. Uh, for me, it's, it's full circle, right? We're at the Giants facility. Now, um, it's where I met you. It's where I sat behind you in meetings, uh, you know, during your Hall of Fame he career. He kept me awake. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> yeah that, you keep know, him awake. That, that, yeah, he kept me awake. That, that, oh, he was yeah. sleeping. Yeah. Hey. I, was, I was a sleeper, too. Hey, Chan, here the thing. The problem is this, though. He was just rushing the passer anyway. He was going to win. He didn't need to study. Uh, he didn't need to study for that. He was, was going to win. He over here diminishing the D-line. Man, we studied. What is the greatest um, pass defense? A, a good rush. rush. Fast rush. It ain't you guys back there. I have a question. Respect. It's us. So, so straight. How much you had to study pass rushing though? Well, I, I, I didn't. You know what? It was, it was, it was work. <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I, will, I will say, man. It, it, you know, and 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 I know I tried to cut you off, but it's an honor to be here. I love this show, by the way, and what you guys doing. It's it's entertaining. It's educational. But at the same time, I just love to see the growth from from athlete to like, you know, life after and show that football is one aspect of your life, but not your whole life, you know what I'm saying? So, so, um, but, but with that being said, I have always, especially since I retired and, and, and or I've gotten older and I'm looking back going, yeah, my job was actually wasn't that intricate. <laughs> like a DB, you gotta know everything, running back, you gotta know who blocking what, who's right. coming from where to form, linebackers, you gotta know who's, I have to know nothing. <laughs> Put that hand down. <laughs> if he come over here, get him on the ground. If I got to beat this guy with a sack, that's, that's it. Right. It was greatest job out there on the field, man. I loved it. Well, obviously, you know, you got the jacket that proves you're one of the best uh, to ever do it. So for us, man, it's an honor. Welcome to the pivot. Thanks. For all the people um, who are watching, whether it's Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, subscribe, like, uh, like Freddie T. Always says, man, he's like, anybody can podcast, but not everybody can pivot. And, like, that's our thing. Um, Very true. So you have, you have transcended football, you know. And, and I can be honest, in, in being a young guy underneath you, I didn't see you putting those pieces into place. But as soon as you get out, it's like, okay, Stray's doing this, Stray's doing that. He's TV shows, right, Good Morning America, all these different things. But when you start at the beginning, Right, uh, uh, a young black kid in Germany. Mm -hmm. What was that experience like for you? It was crazy. I was uh, foreign country, moved over there when I was nine years old, and didn't play sports. Didn't like really do much of anything. So I was just a young kid growing up around. You know, I guess I was the foreigner. I can't say foreigner. I, we were the foreigners, but it taught me a lot because you're around a lot of other Americans. So. Black, white, doesn't matter. You're just around people. And it teaches you that, that you know, you treat people as individuals, not as a race, not as a group, not as anything. And then when you're in certain situations, for us being Americans and in Europe, you realize you need and rely on each other. So it didn't matter where you were from, your race, your religion, none of it mattered. We were just all Americans who needed each other. And, and so it kind of taught me to treat people in a certain way, which I think has benefited me in my life um, going forward. And it was interesting not playing football until like senior year in high school. My dad sent me back to Houston. And I look back now and I, I, I'm glad that I didn't play. It was kind of unusual 
because everybody, I played around seven and eight years old. Mm -hmm. Then we moved to Germany. I didn't play, but I'm glad I didn't play all of the other years because it made football interesting to me throughout my entire career. When I was done 15 years into it, it was still interesting to me. I didn't want to do it no more, <laughs> but it was still interesting, right. you know? And, and I think that's because I didn't grow up and everything was about football. Yeah. And also coming to the game later in my life, after I already kind of developed as a, you know, somewhat as a human, it made it so that football was just what I did at that point. Right. It wasn't my whole life. I didn't grow up saying, this is what I'm going to do, and that's it. Oh, that's what I did up until that point. Now, football's over, and I'm going, oh, what else could I try? Right. Well, how the hell do you become a Hall of Famer? Like, as you talk, I'm sitting here listening. You didn't look like, I'm, I ain't going to lie, I can't speak for them, but, bro, I had blinders on. I'm going to make it to the NFL, make it. You didn't have those blinders that I'm making it to the NFL. This is my out. This is what I have to do to get enough money to support my family. Like, that was my whole goal when, from 12 years old. Yeah. See, I didn't know it was the option until my dad said, this is what you're going to do, son. <laughs> 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 you're the youngest of the six. You're my last hope, man. I, you know, <laughs> uh, you, know I, I, you can play football. I'm going to send you to the stage. You're going to get a football scholarship. And my dad always talked in terms of when. He never talked in if. He never said if to me. I just realized that when after we won the Super Bowl, I realized, man, you know what? My dad never said if. Even when we get ready to play the Patriots, we had dinner that week. He goes, when you guys win this game? I'm sitting there going, damn, Patriots ain't lost a game all year. They've been whipping up on everybody, man. They've been scoring 30, 40 points a game. Right. But he always talked in terms of when, never if. And I think for me, it just gave me the mentality that if you want to do something, you figure it out and get it done. So my dad basically... It was my option. I just realized it later that you did. It was my way out in a lot of ways, my way to give myself a better life, my way to take care of my family. And once I was in it, I was in it. And as Ryan said, I didn't see this when you were playing. No, because I was here. I was football, football, mm -hmm. football. And I think that's where a lot of these young cats, um, a lot of ways get mixed up because they start thinking about a brand before they think about taking care of their primary. Your right. primary yeah. right now, what's going to bring all that to you is football. I'm sorry to say, but that is what gives you the platform. Yeah. So focus on that. And if you're great at that, it just opens the door for so many other things and relationships that help your life. Hey, Mike, you uh, you say your dad said this is your option. You're the last hope for him, right? Youth sports, there's a tragic event that just happened down in Dallas mm -hmm. not too long ago. Do you think we, you know, we put that too far in the, in the front of us and this is our last hope? Do you think we take it too seriously at times? Absolutely. Absolutely, and, 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 you know, and pray for those families mm -hmm. affected by all of this, right. both sides of it, man, because it's just tragic and it's senseless. Mm -hmm. right. Senseless. You know, you, and, and I think so much is put on it. Who knows when a kid is 7, 8, 9, 10, 15, even 18 years old? We don't know what this kid's yeah. going to do. Yeah. You don't know if they're going to be a pro. It's a game, and, and one thing about sports is sportsmanship. One thing about sports is learning to win and learning to lose. I'm not one for everybody gets a participation trophy. I'm not. I'm one for learning how to handle disappointment and also learning how to handle success. And as a parent, it's up to you to display and to, to, to hold yourself to a high standard on the sideline in support of your child, win or lose. Mm -hmm. But to see that, I just look and go, now life is lost, first and foremost, family's affected from that. Yep. And then on the other end, a life is not lost in a literal sense of death, but a life is lost and a family affected in another way. Yep. Because here we got another young black man potentially accused of something that's going to send them to prison for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. Makes no sense to 100%. me. 100%. And, and, you know, and I'm a big believer in let kids play sports to have fun, especially at that age, because we all know the business side of it. And when it's a business, it becomes a business. Mm -hmm. Don't make the kids sport a business. Let these kids enjoy it. And we, if you don't love the game, you're not going to be successful at it, in my opinion. Right. So you can press your kid and press your kid because you love it. Yeah. yeah. Right. You may love it, but if they don't love it, and they may make it, but maybe only for a minute. Maybe they get a scholarship. Maybe they don't. But you got to love it to be successful at well, it. So it's crazy to, to me, Stray, is obviously, you know, we see you now and, and you're this well-rounded human, right? Like you understand different cultures, you understand different people, you understand how to move in different rooms, which for people like us is extremely important. Mm -hmm. You got, you have to be able to adapt. But when I think about coming from 
Germany, right? Your dad sends you, he's like, hey, you're going to get a scholarship. You're going to do this. Bro, you hop right into an HBCU. Yeah, man. And this guy says you can't be great if you go to HBCU. I didn't say I can't be great. What'd you say? I said that HBCUs mm-hmm. are so far behind the big five that they can't catch up financially. Like, the recruiting and all that. Like oh, that's you, I never, I honestly believe that HBCUs could never be able to beat an Alabama, beat a Florida, beat a beat a Michigan and you, consistently. That that's my thing because they're so far behind. But you recently outfitted Jackson State, and you spoke about yeah. with the Michael Strahan brand. You spoke about leveling the playing field. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and I think it's important. But I, and I can't disagree with you 100 percent because we all know that college football is financially it's a business. You know, finally now the that players and athletes have been able to benefit from that. But it's always been a business. And and it's very hard when you're looking at a kid who has the opportunity to to watch some teams on TV every weekend during football season since they were God knows how old and they got a chance to go to one of those schools and be on TV to be seen by their family and their friends that they're not going to pass that opportunity up. And being on TV means that schools get money. They can recruit. They can you know, you walk into a locker room, a lot of guys take a pay cut to come to the pros. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Especially now. now especially sure. now. Yeah. No, especially no, now. Why are you raising your hand? I can't say that. That, that. We had no NIL when I played. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the facilities and all that stuff, man, are so nice and so enticing. And HBCUs have a lot of work to do to catch up. And I love what Dion's doing at Jackson State. But it's still an uphill fight and battle for him. Mm-hmm. But I love the fact now now that you can see HBCU games on ESPN or on another major network and not on, you know, you know, the local channel or yeah. just got to be there in person or you just hear about it. Yep. And and I think that that's important. But will they ever catch up? I don't know. It's kind of hard to imagine that they will. But I just want to at least see them elevated in a way so that kids who end up at those schools feel like their college experience in, in, in on campus or as an athlete is not diminished because they didn't go to one of the big fives. And that's really what it's about. And and with, like I said, with Deion doing Jackson State, nothing short of amazing. I mean, I'm a product of HBCU at Texas Southern, so I'm always there to support him and the kids and whatever the programs need. Do you feel as if it was positive? What positive and negatives came? Because, like we're saying, the financial stuff, I ate... I ate steak and stone crabs every day at Florida. <laughs> every day at Florida. I know y'all was eating peanut butter and jelly. I didn't sometimes. do that at LSU. So but we 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 were set. But people have told me because I've <laughs> criticized ABCUs, bro. I'm over here wondering if I could curse on this show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can for sure curse, coach. But then I'm like, I got a day job. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to curse you out. <laughs> steak and stone crab. But, but, man, I don't eat steak and stone crab now. No, you can't. Uh, you you can if you want to. It's a choice. It's hey, a choice hey, if you, you don't eat it now. You, you know that salary's on the oh, internet now. man. <laughs> but no, but like, even that, just, it, it is, like, but, but people have told me, seriously, people have told me, though, the experience of an HBCU, all that financial stuff, put it to the side. The experience it's of going tragic. to HBCU. It's incredible. Incredible. We used to have all the key guys from the University of Houston try to come kick it on our yard. We're like, no, y'all got to go. Y'all don't go to school here because there's nothing like the yard at an HBCU. There's nothing like the experience of that. And that was the greatest part mm. about all of it, man, because we weren't eating steak and stone crab. We would bus from, from Houston to Florida to play um, UCL. Mm-hmm. On a bus? On a bus. And stop on the way, get a bag lunch leaving, stop on the way, practice on some high school field, take a shower, get back on the bus and keep on going. We eat at Shoney's because it was like buffet. Yeah, it, I'll, that's why I will never eat at another Shoney's again as long as I can have it in my life. I can't stand it. Hey, he's scarred. My dog's scarred from Shoney's. I'm scarred, man. I mean, we bust everywhere. We took um, a plane my senior year. That was it. Out to, um, out to UCF, um, we took a plane. We took two planes, one out there and one out to University of Nevada, Las Vegas, Reno. My senior year, four years in school, man, it's the only time I ever flew anywhere. And we were on BET for homecoming against Jackson State one time. Brothers out there spray painting their spats. Like, feeling like <laughs> we on Monday night football. We prime time, man. You can't tell us nothing. But, so, so can you imagine? For me, I walked into New York, and I'm in a locker room, and Lawrence Taylor walks in my rookie year, and I'm like, 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Phil Simms said, hey, Michael. And I'm like, oh, my God, Phil Simms knows my name. Like, it was so it was a trip, man, to go from that experience to this experience. But I think just out of, out of ignorance and not knowing any better, and not knowing how hard it was supposed to be because everything kind of new to me still, that I was able to make it work. Mm-hmm. And um, But yeah, HBCU experience is special. We definitely aren't eating like that, yeah. but I wouldn't giving it back. I think I was at the right school at the right time for me in the right size program because anything else I probably would have been caught up, yeah. swallowed up in it and been too overwhelmed. You, you mentioned being like caught up, swallowed up in it. Like you come straight to New York though. And you're talking about LT, you're talking about Phil Sims. You know, you eventually grew to be the the darling of the team because of the way you played and the way you treated people. But when you think about that transition, you know, coming from an HBCU, uh, TSU to to being in New York, what was that acclimation like to say, hey, I'm in the I'm in the biggest media market in America, and and the the, the scrutiny is different. It was tough, man. It was just tough for the balance everything. This is New York. It's not, you know, the, the toughest thing is not playing football. I mean, we all know how to play the game. And if you're really committed and putting in the work and focus, you can be successful in the NFL. Um, I think the biggest thing was trying to balance being in New York, being all of a sudden known, rolling out to Manhattan. Yeah. You know, at those spots where you're welcome like a king and and being able to, like, balance that whole thing. And, and so... I kind of look about at a lot of it, and I just think that in a lot of ways, my career and the length of my career and opportunities I've had kind of outlasted the mistakes I made. Mm. You know, I was able to outlast those mistakes to kind of find my path and get on the right track in every every sense of the word. But it, it was it was difficult, but it was fun. There weren't cameras back then. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, was a, it was a totally different thing. When you have Lawrence Taylor, the greatest player, defensive player in the history of the NFL, in my opinion. Like my favorite player of yeah, all time. Yeah, favorite, of, best defense player of all time. Stupid. Hands down, not even saying somebody said something to me this morning. Um, about, yeah, John, he going back over there, you know, John. I said, yeah. They go, um, it says something about something. I go, I came and you're great. I did the best. I said, no, 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 no. Lawrence, Lawrence Taylor, the best. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, I've known two. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I've known two. But that but Lawrence Taylor is by far the best. But when he's rolling in and it's like he says, hey, we're having a mandatory team party. We're having a party. You need to you be there, we're gonna find you. And you're a rookie. Mm-hmm. And you go to these parties, man, and you see like something. I never saw it at Texas Southern, like I never saw steak and stone clunk and crab. So um <laughs> It was like an experience that something that kind of kind of just I got a chance to see the old NFL and the new NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I and I kind of liked the old NFL in a lot of ways because it was less pressure, <laughs> less it. stress. You, sit, you less, sit there. I, I'm stuff. old, but quick LT story. Went with LT. Ne- never met him. Loved him. Got jerseys everywhere, whatever. So I make it to the league, and I end up going to a club, and I see LT sitting across from me at the bar. And I tell the lady, I was like, hey, I'm, like you're saying, my jaw dropped. I'm mm-hmm. like, this is Lawrence Taylor sitting across the bar. And I was like, hey, I want to buy him a drink. She comes back and she says, $400. I was like, what did he oh, buy? Yeah. A bottle of Johnny Walker. I said, no, no, I wanted to get him, I wanted to get him a glass of something. Mm-hmm. And that was my rookie. I went third round. I had no money. Like I was like, 400 and the man bought a bottle of Johnny Walker on me, but it's LT. I ain't gonna say no. I ended up buying the man a bottle of Johnny Walker and was hurting. I, I think I ate Wendy's the rest of the week because my pockets weren't right. But it, it's so funny as you talk about the 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 trans like the maturation mm. is how I put it. What would you tell twenty one year old Michael Strahan right now? Hey, man, enjoy it more. You can enjoy it. Not but he was in New it. York. Not all of it. No. No. And, and I don't mean like enjoy it more, like go out, hit the clubs and do all that stuff. I did enough of that stuff. 
it was uh, more enjoy the success and enjoy the process. I was obsessed, man, with 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 like winning. I was obsessed with like being great. I was obsessed with with football, and at times I didn't enjoy it. Because the second you, you, the season's over, guys go here for the offseason, go there for the offseason, do this, do that. I'm sitting up here thinking about, okay, what do I got to do to get better? Like, I never, it was always the next workout, the next this and the next that. It was never, oh, yeah, I, oh, I'm allowed to take a vacation. Mm. I'm allowed to enjoy. It was always about the next thing. And, and, and so I kind of look and think that sucked some of the joy out of it. And also, I used to worry so much about, I know I'm ready. Is this guy ready? Is that guy ready? Is this guy? And I don't know. You know, his cat be running around too much. Is he really? I only got so much time left. Right. Yeah. Until it, and, and the most fun and success I had was at the end of my career when I said, you know what? I realized the only thing I can do is worry about myself and try to be an example. Practice hard, 36 years old, and they throw the ball, I'm running down the field. Scout team, oh, I'll take some of these reps. Or when it's my reps, I'm not saying you don't care, you get another day. No, no, no. I show up every day and I'm ready. And 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 that was a better experience for me. I had the most fun of my year, my career, my last year. When I didn't care about sacks, I didn't care about Pro Bowls, I didn't even care about winning. Right. I was like, this. I know it's probably my last year. I'm just gonna enjoy being around the guys, man. Ended up being the best year in every sense of the word. Right. And, uh, and, and in closing with that, I want to say LT didn't share that drink. He drank the whole bottle. <laughs> <laughs> since, since then, I've been around yeah. LT a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Quick, quick, real quick story. LT, so I saw him at the golf course in Florida, and I ordered a yogurt parfait for breakfast. And he's going, what you doing? I said, well, I'm having the yogurt. Are you setting black people back? <laughs> I was like, what? I got a yogurt parfait? You know what I'm saying? We didn't have that at TSU. And then I was like, well, you know, what do you have for breakfast? Johnny Walker. I have two Johnny Walkers. And then I said, well, then why are you playing with two golf clubs? He had two golf clubs on him. We weren't on the course. We in there in the dining room. He said, because when I get done, I don't like to leave fingerprints. I said, he's funny, man. Let me go back real quick, man. You spoke about maneuvering through this jungle up here in New York, dealing with the media. All that stuff. We recently had uh, Saquon on the show. Mm -hmm. Right, amazing star, great talent. Yeah, I love the kid. He's going through his share of media attacks due to you know things out of his control, mm -hmm. the injuries. But he's an amazing talent. You're talking about trusting the process mm. and all those different things. What would you tell Saquon? Do not only think he can control himself, and do not let the opinion of someone who cannot do your job affect you from doing your job. And that's the one thing I learned about the media. And, and I, I look at my life now and everybody goes, Dreyer, he was trying to build a, what did you start to pivot your career? I said, well, I was so focused on football that I was pivoting without even recognizing that I was pivoting. Right. I used to do interviews and do stuff because it was fun. And then you know, you've been here, you got 30 guys a day and they're asking you questions. But then I learned to kind of use the media for my benefit in a lot of ways. I wouldn't answer questions every day. I'd tell them I'm doing two days a week. It wasn't because I was mad at them. I just wanted to keep them on their toes. And then certain days I asked to answer three questions. I said, I got three questions today. Somebody asked me a fourth. I go, oh, y'all can't count. I'm done. I'll tell you three. Other days I sit there and talk for 30 minutes like it was nothing. Right. Other days were the days that I did not talk to them and they knew it, but I would come in and start a conversation, but it'd be about your wife. How's your wife? How's your kids? But then the second they asked me about football, I say, man, why you got to ruin a good day? We just talking. <laughs> like I kept them on their toes because I realized that they needed me to do their job. I hate to say it that way, That's real. but as an athlete, I needed I needed my mentality to be, you need me. I don't need you. Right. And you're telling me how to do my job. And I used to say to them, last time you put on a uniform when your mom took your trick-or-treating, you never done it like this. So it, to me, it completely removed the relevance of their statements from being able to penetrate my head or my heart and hurt me. Because I realize you know to play this game at any level. I don't care if you play for one year or 15 years or 20 years, you gotta be special to do it. Mm -hmm. And you gotta be different to do it. And it's easy to write about something you've never done. We can criticize anything that we've never done. Right. But when you've done it, I think it gives you a different appreciation of what it takes to get it done. And you're very un more understanding of people. And uh, I've talked to Saquon. I think Saquon's gonna have a, a great year. Because it's tough to come back from a knee injury the next year right. and, and be great.
I mean, Adrian Peterson, the only running back I've seen do it. Yeah, he also ran like a runaway slave. Yeah, well, yeah, he he <laughs> he's a different dude, man. Yeah, I've was... never seen. He he let me borrow his limo one time in, in Miami at the Super Bowl, and there was a party at Live, and I I was gonna go, and I'm like, I'm going back to the hotel. It's look crazy, not even the lobby was flooded, flooded in the streets. Button rolls down on the limo, the window rolls down. Hey, straight, what's up? Hey, what's up? Hey, P, how you doing? I'm good, man. I said. What are you doing? He said, we're going to go in the club. I said, well, once you go in, can I pay your limo to take me back to my hotel? He's like, cool, no problem. Come on, get in. We're going to finish our drinks. I get in, go on the other side to get in, and we all sitting in there. Me and my little group and him and this boy, they're kicking it. Ten minutes. Drink. Hey, man, have a good time. Yeah, y'all have fun. He gets up and he leaves, and I go to school over and realize there was no seat where he was. You know how sometimes that limo have an open little spot? That cat was like doing a wall squat for 10 minutes. It was already there when the pause was like, oh my lord, this dude is different. Yeah. He's different. That's crazy. He ran like an undrafted free agent. It's been an excellent interview. We have so much more to come. But let's talk a little bit about DraftKings and the early win promotions. Bet on any team, any team. They can actually suck because if they're up by 10 points at any point, you instantly get your money and they can lose. And we got a five for 200 that Chan's gonna tell you about, you gotta get in on. Listen, $5 or better, and they're gonna give you $200 in free bets. That's what we're doing for you. Promo code PIVOT. You go to DraftKings, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and $5 bet gets you $200 in free bets. We're gonna do that for y'all. We always, they call it free game. We're giving y'all free money right now. Select states, we got the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Other places, we got Daily Fantasy. We got some for everybody. Pivot and make it happen. Obviously, people see your persona now, and you were always great to me, but like just a good dude, like you're always happy, you know, you're, 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 you're almost, he always says you're very pleasant, right? Yes. You're very you're pleasant. Pleasant, pleasant human being. Pleasant. So, yeah. but I was there with you. You're actually not nice. Like, like to, to you, you, mentioned, you mentioning the way you dealt with the media and all those things, like I would be sitting sometimes like that, like, I love him, but Stray's really an a-hole. No, no, no. Right? I, I could be an asshole. Right. And so, and so. Asshole sitting there. That's what they call me. Yeah. Oh, like, you got a fool. You really an asshole. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you got a fool. I'm not fooling anybody. Yeah. I, no. So anyway, go ahead. What were you trying to but say? But I'm just saying, though. <laughs> and so now you trick people every day. Yeah. Right? Like you, you get on TV and you. No, I'm just. I'm, I'm your boy. Tricking. I'm your dog. I, I said, behind you. You hear what he going to do to you, Stray? I used to like tap you. say, hey, man, wake up. Like some of us got to be up, but yeah. you might want to wake up. But you played DN, so you didn't have to really learn anything. Yeah. Um, and so now, so you, you make that transition, the way you looked at the media, yeah. and now you make that transition, and for people like me, you, you're the blueprint, right? The, the things that you've been able to do, you have transcended football. Was that always your plan? And if it wasn't, how did you do it? No, it was not my plan, man. And, um, and we had, when I played... Uh, I was intense, a lot more intense. Yep. I was always good to the guys and fellas, people yeah, in the organization, sure. people. But if you weren't, if you weren't on my team, like, I, uh, and I didn't, you, you did something I didn't like and disrespectful, I had no use for you. I, I did not respect you, and and I showed you that. I was not afraid to show you that. Um, but that's that's life. Why am I gonna fool and be around somebody I don't like and try to act like you, my friend? You ain't my friend. Well, why even fake it? And but but. In the heart of hearts, I'm a great human being, and I treat people well, man. And I, in those meetings, when you were waking me up and all that stuff, I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, obviously, you went to Pittsburgh because you weren't learning enough in our meetings here in New York. They thought you'd be better there. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> Which was a much better move for you. You did. You end up having an incredible career. But no, I, I didn't see any of this, man. In in so people always wonder, how do you go from being, uh, you know, athlete playing football to mm -hmm. then next thing you know, you're doing Fox NFL Sunday, yeah. which I didn't even see that. Really? I literally would just do stuff because they were saying it was fun. So next thing you know, I'm, I did a Super Bowl for ABC one time, um, like the main desk. I started doing Best Damn Sports Show, period. Like all these different things out of fun, not thinking about a second career. But then I start to realize, oh my goodness, this actually could be something. Mm. And it really happened when I was doing the best damn sports show, period, because that was like a training ground to me for live TV, 
and, and for hosting and, and for sharing. Because it's important to share. And that's what I think a lot of people don't understand. They kind of think it's about, oh, it's me. I'm TV. It's me. I'm the star. You know, everybody can be a star. The show's winning. We all winning. Mm -hmm. That's what team's about. You ain't doing it by yourself anyway. You got people behind the camera, the audio, and, and, and producers who are putting together everything that goes in, the questions, the guest list, everything. There's so many people in the ecosystem of making you successful that if you think it's about you, you're a damn fool. Yeah. And, and I think that did the demise of so much. So for me, I truly have learned that it's about teamwork. It's about walking to the room and letting people know how important they are about everything. And that when you walk in a room, that people are going, hey, instead of, oh. Mm. And, and so for me to transition from from to sports with Fox to doing live with Kelly, yeah, I didn't think about that job. Really? I went on this show when we won the Super Bowl, and I, I really want to say I went on because Eli wasn't available, and they just wanted a giant because we won. <clears throat> and I remember leaving, and I'm like, I, I told the producer Michael Gelman, like, if, if Regis ever takes a vacation, I would love to come on and co-host. A year later, I get a call. A year. Wow. And then I went on and I did it. But I did it out of ignorance of not really understanding how to do it. And also with the lens that I ain't getting the job anyway. What do I care? Just go on here and have fun, man. Be yourself. And then that turned into 20 guest hosting gigs and then full time on that show for four years. And I learned so much at that show that it kind of helped me at GMA. And when they first called me to go to GMA, I said no, because I didn't see myself as a news guy. And, and but then you know, after having some talk with them, I realized people want to see news come from different people. We don't want to see all the time the same button-up guy that, you know, our grandparents grew up with. You yeah. know, news comes from so many different people and resources and from Twitter to Instagram. Like, people just taking news from wherever they can get it from different people. Everybody will accept taking it from me coming from my background. And I love it because it shows that being an athlete does not mean that you're mind and your ability stop there. Right. And I just want people to see that. And that's why I continue to do stuff and push stuff and, and build my companies and production and, and closing and skincare and all these things because I want people to see that there really is no limit to what you can do if you really want to apply yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, But I, I kind of feel like it's a happy accident, a lot of these things, but I know a lot of work has been put behind it by myself and, and by the people who support me and who are on my team. So um, yeah, man, I never saw this coming. I'm happy it's happened, but I I really feel like what I'm doing now is really just a start. I think it's a whole different era Straight. what guys can do now. From a young kid in Germany to uh, to Houston, to uh, Texas Southern, to New York. Fast forward, amazing 15-year career. Uh, knocked off the GOAT, the undefeated Patriots. <laughs> to close out your career. Uh, Hall of Fame, enshrined in Canton. Uh, everything you're doing now, you got like, 18,000 jobs. <laughs> Michael Strahan brand. Just, you know, you're doing so much. Um, you're L pivoter, the epitome of the pivot. What's been your greatest pivot mm. in life? Wow. Wow. I see you, Freddie Flowers, with the CP3. Let's throw that by the rim. Let's go ahead and dunk it straight. It's on you now. Cross your legs, Damn, damn, man. We go out. We still running, baby. Let's go. Still running down court. That's kind of like Dwayne Wade throwing up LeBron Captain. Oh man, the greatest pivot for me. Man. Wow. This guy does. This is what we want. You know what? I'm gonna use a line from my friend Rodney Barnes. He said, you're the only man who makes a living talking on TV with a gap in his mouth and his teeth who spits on everybody when he says the letter S. <laughs> <laughs> to be able to have, I, I guess in life, uh, coming from a situation where I think where uh, sports was not my main background to um, playing a sport that people see as a lot of times brutal, which it is, but it's controlled aggression, to um, being on a show where you talking about that sport, to being on a show where you were talking to America, you know, the mothers and the grandmothers and the daughters and, and all that, to now delivering what goes on to the, in the world to everybody. I think my entire life has been a pivot. I don't know if there's any one thing that's greater than the other, but I definitely am looking forward to what's next. And, and, and 
Um, I really look and don't know what the hell else I can do, man. I've been to space. I've, you know, I've done <laughs> He wanted to talk about yeah, space. man, I've done Mars? it. I've, I've, like, done things that I never thought I'd do. I'm, We're going to go to space in a second, but, I, but you brought it up. I don't know if you've seen my pictures before, but these teeth were $20,000. <laughs> <laughs> Straight hand faked the whole world out one time though. Yeah, I, I, he did. I thought you really got your teeth fixed, dog. No, no, I was proud of you. Straight, you can get that shit fixed, I bro. I can <laughs> easily. I can. Why? You know why keep it? Man, my my parents, my dad was in the military, had a great dental plan. Football, the NFL had a great dental plan. I actually went my first few years in the league. Had Doctor Gardy. He had mocked it up. He had everything. I was getting it done. Done. Yeah. And then he put like a fake thing in, and I couldn't talk, man. <laughs> my tongue needs room. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it felt like it was in. It felt like it was in jail. You know, usually you talk with a lisp, and you got it. I had a lisp with teeth. It was could not do it. Yeah. And then I just said, "What the hell? This is who I am. It is what it is. Maybe one day when I want to be incognito." Yeah, I'll go get it done. You go get it done. And nobody know who I am. Oh, but, okay. Yeah, man, I thought about it. I, yeah. I, but it doesn't bother me. And then all of a sudden, when you're successful, and you they got a little caring. money, no, People stop all caring. of a sudden it's sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody calling this sexy. Oh, hey, that guy. I'll tell you right now, please. Hey, sir. hey, put me and you in the mug shots. Who they pick? Hey, sir. <laughs> Hey, but you got to put your name on top of it, though. <laughs> you put, hey, Michael Strahan, they're like, yeah, we're going to go we gonna go with him. But, but, it's that, always, but, it's, but I found out, man, it's actually been great. It's identifiable. Yeah. You know, I yeah. roll up to a spot and guys standing out there, you know, hoping to be recognized. I just go, what's up? <laughs> hey, come on in, man. Come on in. Come on, right. Straight, like, you know, obviously when you're the type of player you are, there is, there is a, a, a level of of fame, right? There, there, there's a level of notoriety. I think that has changed now to be even greater. Mm-hmm. When I was here, uh, you know, your daughters were here, and so and so now, in in being as famous as you are, how do you navigate sometimes just being Michael Strahan? Because they don't they don't care about none of that. Like they don't care about none of that. Hey, they. I, I think in a, they like, obviously, I think they like a lot of it. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, when you're at home behind closed doors, they don't give a damn about none of that stuff, man. It's all about, you know, dad. So my biggest thing is like raising kids who aren't spoiled brats, mm. you know, and understanding that you got to work for stuff and that nothing's given to you and you live this life not because of your work, the way you've done. <laughs> yours. Yeah, it's like I'm out here hustling to make sure you're living this life, but don't get a twist and think that this is really how your life is always going to be or supposed to go. In a lot of ways, you live by the, as a byproduct of someone else's success. But I want you to understand that you need to have your own success to just sustain this life. And you're able to do it without, you know, you don't need to be in a relationship to do it. You can do it on your own. And to use what I have, if you want to consider it fame or notoriety, or if anything, it's by connections to put them in the right positions to get the jobs or to be in the careers that they want. And uh, I think that's important, man. Just trying to raise smart kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And and but I think if you walk home, if you go home and you walk in your own house, like yeah, you know, I'm this and that. I don't even walk the streets like that. Right. Just not me. I'm uncomfortable with it. I'm more of an introverted extrovert. I love just kind of being with my friends, you know, and, and just chilling, hanging out. Laugh and have a good time playing golf. That's more of the life that I that I love more than anything else. And, and straight, I, introverted extrovert doesn't make sense. So I ain't never played with you, but that shit don't make sense. <laughs> no, no, let me tell you. We in the locker room. We in the locker room situation. Like, no, no, I'm quiet. <laughs> I'm like kind of quiet in a lot of ways, man. I really am to myself. But in a locker room, when it came to leadership, when it comes to like making the the mood. Like, I, I do that. You're, I like that. You're extrovert when you have to. Yes. But naturally, you're an introvert. But naturally, Because I'm I watch you on TV every day. That's not what introverts do. I know. I'm naturally an introvert, though. But I become an extrovert. When they pay him. Oh, you and I. No, no, no. I actually. <laughs> well, that too. But I actually like it. But I 
kind of am shy about. I don't like when someone goes, oh, my God. Oh, they, oh, they, all the praise and attention. It, it makes me uncomfortable. Still I don't, to I this don't, day. It makes me uncomfortable to this day. And wh- this wh- day. why did your big ass go to space? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, like, you just talking about your family, beautiful, beautiful daughters, I, got I, plenty I, I money, Hall of Fame, and your motherfucking ass went to space. <laughs> you know what? I ain't gonna lie to you. I never thought about space. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm not getting on. Oh, they got the sharks are biting people. You know what I'm saying? I'm in a swimming pool. I'm not getting in the ocean, man. Like I'm like very cautious about everything. And I went to the first launch. GMA sent me out to to Van Horn, Texas, to watch the first launch with Bezos and his brother Mark. And they go up, and I never thought anything about it. I knew Jeff a little bit, and I met his brother Mark and. I watched him do this, and that booster rocket's coming down from space, and it just, all of a sudden, the booster comes, and it just starts hovering like Iron Man. And I'm like, this is the coolest shit I've ever seen (laughs) in my life. And I was like, it was like overwhelming. And then they land, I interview them, they're so just happy, man, and and, uh, they've seen a whole different world. And I, I still, at that point, was like, you know what? I went from never. No way in hell I would do that to, you know what, I think I'd do that. That was them Germany roots. Yeah. And then I ended up at dinner, at a dinner, small dinner, like four couples, and with Jeff and Mark and, and our buddy Tony Gonzalez. And, and I'm talking to Jeff and Mark, and I'm like, yeah, you know what, man? I never thought about space, but when I, when I covered and interviewed you guys, I said, I would do it. Like, that was amazing, most amazing thing. Two days later, I get a call, basically like, oh, I think you know what this call's about. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I said yes immediately. And I didn't regret it at all until like a week before. <laughs> then I started, then I started, you started I realized, thinking about it. I realized what I signed up for. I'm like, <laughs> You're a black guy. You shouldn't be going to space. Yeah, but I tell you what, it's the greatest thing I've ever done. The greatest the thing I've greatest ever done. The greatest thing you've ever done. See, yeah, as far as like an experience of making yourself feel like you're... Your place on the planet and how insignificant it is, and how mm. insignificant the planet is in the grand scheme of things, and putting everything into perspective, and almost making you realize your ecosystem in life. So we're talking about our kids and our friends. So uh, sitting on that thing, and they got that countdown going, and you're like, something happens. Like I redid my will. Like everybody, I'm pretty sure did, and you start thinking. When you're doing it, it's like, oh, okay, it's already uncomfortable to do it. But then you start thinking, oh, man, this thing may kick in immediately. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and so that kind of freaks you out. And then you start thinking about your family and friends and how you're not ready to go. Like, I'm not ready to leave my kids. Like, I realized how much my kids needed me, how much I need them, my friends, how much we, we like, depend on each other. And then you got friends who always be, you know, talking bad to you, messing with you. They hitting you up, they're like, I love you, man. Like, yeah, come on, man. How you gonna mess up our relationship? Right, yeah, no. we, we don't operate like that, you know? Yeah. But it kind of put everything in perspective about life in general. So I have no regrets of going. I would suggest anybody gets the opportunity to go to do it. And it just, it kind of opens your mind to a bigger world, you know, for lack of a better word. We were talking about locker room. You just said the greatest thing you've ever done. Can you take us back to that night in 2007 before you guys knocked off the undefeated Patriots? Man, we were, it was so calm, man. Guys were so relaxed. It was scary. That's what freaked me out a little bit. Because they had myself, Amani Toomey, and Gray Rugemer. Um, we were only three guys that ever been in the Super Bowl. And they asked us, you know, Coughlin had to speak to the team. Like, what would your suggestion be? And it was really like, okay, um, relax, enjoy it. And when they kick it off, all those flashing lights and everything, it's overwhelming. It's the Super Bowl, but it's still football. So once they kick it off, it's football. Just what got us here is, what it's, is what's going to get us through it. Don't approach it like it's some special game. Man, you tell those cats to relax. We're, we're practicing, and, and Coughlin called the In-N-Out Burger Truck to practice, and you're watching a guy who is always so tough and hard yeah, on know. you. Trust yeah, you know. I know. Mm-hmm. Eat out there eating two two in and out burgers and just relax too. It's also like, an average burger, by the way. I, yeah, I'm, 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 I, I prefer a few other places. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you. Not that I won't eat there, but I have a few other ones I probably go with first. But yeah, to see him relax, then then the OC and the guy they're joking so much. I want to say, yo, y'all need to calm down, man. Like y'all need to be a little bit more focused. And the day before, the morning of the game, we're getting breakfast, and O.C. comes up to me, and he's like, hey, man, um, I want you to know we got to get to Brady today in order to, if we're going to win this game, we got to get to Brady. And I was mm. like, yeah, you've been watching 
ESPN? Okay. Okay, all right. I just yeah. try to get my, my bacon and pancakes over here. I ain't trying to, okay. He look at me and go, no, like I'm serious. I love that. We gotta get if we're gonna win, we gotta get the Brady Day. Get the Brady Day, we're gonna win. And I was like, I realized these cats are ready. Mm-hmm. And we were hitting him so much, so easily, so fast, that I thought it was a screenplay. Like they letting us through to dump it over. It was so Effortless, and if it wasn't him or Tuck or Kavika Mitchell or Fred Robbins yeah. or you know, it's all somebody was always hitting this cat, man. And and I realized like the night before that the guy seemed very relaxed, almost too relaxed. But then the next morning, it was just a lock and focus. Cause we all been on teams, you know, you got like four guys who are like, then you got seven others out there, and you go, I don't know, that's gonna be today. Here we had eleven locked in. It was amazing, amazing feeling. Straight, you know, I was with you, and this is before you became a sex symbol, hmm. right? And now that you're a Appreciate sex symbol, you acknowledging that. Yeah, now that you're now that He's you're a sex, sex symbol. Yeah, now that you're a sex symbol, you got waves and yeah, all that. Straight, welcome to the welcome to the club. <laughs> hey, the biggest, the biggest Yo, difference. Hey, 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 his skin hey, don't look like yours. Hey, hey, what's up? Hey, man, what's your, what's your skincare regimen, though? Can, can, you, can you put me on? Like, why you look, look, look younger now than you look when you play? Hey, man. Hey, hey, hey. Now, you know what? But, you know, it, it part of everything I've done in my life is kind of, has been organic. Right. So, so, you know, I, I created a clothing company. And, and we start out with suits collection. Mm-hmm. And we start out with that because every day I was in a suit. Six days a week, five on t- and, and daytime stuff, one on, on Sundays with Fox. And then that was extremely successful in JCPenney. And now we went to Men's Warehouse. We elevated our brand and, and also not just suits, but then we started doing work leisure, athleisure. Uh, and, and all of it has been beyond my imagination of successful. And, and now, Suits and one thing, it's like your confidence. Like you roll out, you know you you got yourself together. You roll out looking good. You got a little Hermes bracelets on over there. I see you player. But you know, you feeling good about yourself. And and so now we're doing skincare, men's skincare, which is at CVS. Okay. Um, big box retail, which has been amazing um support from them and um and it's about confidence, man. Because you got an outfit on, you feel confident. And that was the first part of our journey, I think. But now, as I've gotten a little bit older and, and you know, being on TV and being thing, and they put powder and stuff mm-hmm. on you, just the everyday grit and grime of just running around, men neglect their skin, you know? I know the woman in my life is always doing something, facials and cleaning this and cleaning that, and I'm just in there wiping it down, and I realize I'm probably doing more damage than anything else. So we came up with, um, you know, day, Daily Defense, which is the name of it, which makes sense. Um, <laughs> right. Michael Strahan, Daily Defense. And it's really about teaching men a skincare routine. And facial wash, face wash, um, shave balm, clear shave balm, after shave balm, beard oil, like all these things that men need, but in a very easy and approachable way to do right. it. And I think it's just important for me as I build my business to do things that are organic to me. Like I'm not trying to sell somebody something that I ain't using, I ain't wearing, I ain't doing. I think that the public and people, and I give people a lot of credit for being too smart to fall for that stuff. So that's what we're doing right now, man. I'm excited about it. Hey, I got it. anything for Channing? Look at that face. Can't fix that. You can't, yeah, you can't fix it because it's perfect. <laughs> you can't. One thing you don't lack is self-confidence. <laughs> <laughs> Stop doing your hair like that. Throw, what are you doing? doing? Why you keep doing that? I, 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 I naturally know How long have you been like, growing your hair? Eleven years. Eleven years. Eleven years. He initially started to cover his face. Huh? Just because <laughs> to be honest, the women love it. That long hair laying over their head when you on top of it. <laughs> Straight. Did you figure out no, though? No, no. Do you want holes in front of the drawers or not? Cause I know you was trying to figure that out recently. Oh yeah, we had a whole thing debate, man. Yeah. Cause one of the kids, Scott, who works for me. We're doing something, we're looking at the, I'm going through like, you know, the, the, the brand stuff and I'm looking, I'm going, underwear, and he goes, oh yeah, you know, I like those with the holes in the front. I go, you wear a hole in the front? I, Cause I, you're not I, putting I, it through when you pee. I want a hole in yeah. the front of my, y'all don't use the P.O. No. no. I use the P.O. Some people like, use, they get laid on the lady. You use the P.O.? I don't get that. I love lazy. the P.O. hole. You like a pee hole yeah. in your underwear? Yeah, yeah, cause you just slide it out. You gotta go left, right, quick. <laughs> <laughs> and then you sit there, and then you. Go, but also, when you pee in, it, it kind of guides it. 
So you y'all, y'all so POC. So you go no hands. I go no hands, and I you just, <laughs> and it's kind of like an OG thing, especially if somebody watching, where you can just <laughs> cross your arms, and they hear that pee hitting that water, and you cross your arms across your chin. <laughs> Look, man. <laughs> hey, but it's, it's so hey, oh, it's my first time. Well, I don't know how y'all do this with this dude. Man. Did y'all have open auditions? How no. did this happen? Hey, we got stuck with him. We got stuck with him. I was, and like the whole time he told me, got some tape was, on y'all. Y'all got to try to like, hey. you, like you said, unexpected pivots. Yeah, so, I was happened. trying to, I was yeah, trying to get to happened. the end. I wanted you to give the people like something really philosophical about how you got to where you were. Yeah. And he's talking about going left, right. No, but you know what, though? Boom, but boom. it's funny, though. You ask that question, which I, I just did a little Instagram video, and more people said no P-hole. No like, P-hole. Yeah, by by a big margin. But if you... But you to be, on, but be honest with you, I tell you, the people that say no P-hole are the ones that have no hang, and they just poke straight out. <laughs> so when it pokes straight out, so you have no left right. You have no you have no length to get through the left right. So they can't even use the hole because they be. <laughs> <laughs> is this the hair? Is, you is that the hair? Yeah, yeah. That's the hair. <laughs> we talking about tunnel vision. All they got is tunnel vision, and they draw. But if you got a little hang, you can left right, and then you can hang out, and then you can. Hold your arms back and look back. And smile. Well, Shane, I, I, I don't want I don't want you to give the people a philosophical message. Nah, man. Now as we leave, I don't know how to follow that. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> Show's over, oh, and we appreciate you. My God, the show is literally over. The show is over, man. Ah, OG, man, I appreciate oh, you man, so much, man. Love you, brother. Proud yes, of you, man. man. Thank you, my God. Right, oh, yeah. Hey, no, this channel, this though, you know how y'all got to do. You gotta go left, right. Ah. Get through them draw holes. Oh, Let me take the picture at my dog. <laughs> Hold up. Limitless. Take a stomach cap pin in it. I thought they here to witness it. Get my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a stomach cap pin in it. I thought they here to witness it. Get my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling.